Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Red Sea Roundup, and I am your host for the day, Pam Marvin. I am so glad to be back home. I've been visiting my daughter out in Louisiana, really awesome, cool place, and very Catholic where she is. We got to walk to church on Sunday. It was so cool. Loved it. Thank you for joining us way out there in Waco, not so far, just our neighbor down the street, and then in Palestine as well. Thank you for joining us today. And today, my guest is from the Catholic Men Show, Adam. Adam, remind me your last name. Minahan. Minahan. I yep. saw Adam and your cohort. Yes, David Niles. David yep. Niles. Uh, a couple of years ago at our benefit dinner. They were awesome. They're such like-minded men of heart as we are here in uh, the Brazos Valley as well. So I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so go ahead, Adam, and give us your, your little bio yourself, like those things that are most important to you. Like, okay, this is, this is me. Okay, uh, I'm a son of God. Uh, I am a, a husband to a beautiful redheaded woman named Haley. We have five children, uh, Luke, Jude, Anna, Leo, and John, uh, ranging from 10 years old all the way down to six months old. Wow. Um, we, uh, have, I've born and raised in, in, in Oklahoma, went to Oklahoma state Cowboys, tough year. it looks like for the football team, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, persevere hopefully. Those Aggies. Whew. Yeah. It's, it looks like it could be a, a, a trying year, but that's all right. We'll, 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 we'll sally forth. Um, yeah. And I, I'm the communications director for the diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma. Uh, I am the CEO of St. Michael radio here in, in Tulsa and a co-host of the Catholic man show. And we wrote a book for Ascension press called living beyond Sunday, making your home a holy place. It was like me and my wife and David and his wife, we kind of came together and wrote a book on like how to live the faith, how to like, like, what does it really look like outside of Sunday? Like, you know, if we're re- truly Catholic it's not a one hour per week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like in our DNA. It's like who we are. It's who who we identify as is like the son or daughter of God, you know. And so like if that's the case, how do we do that? Like what does it look like? Um, and so that's what we wrote about in the book. And um, other than that, I enjoy a nice scotch every once in a while. And uh, I, I enjoy great books and I love um, just all things Catholic. That's wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad you started bringing up just a little bit, um, even more of your background that I want to go into more of. And that is, um, how you got into all this radio stuff, you know, I mean, did you start out as a communications director and then kind of go from there or is it the other way around? Yeah, it's actually the other way around. Pam, I had no like plans on starting a Catholic radio station. I was just minding my own business. And that then all sounds of a sudden, familiar here at Red Sea yeah, Radio. Yeah. It sounds I was like just, a bit of Dennis's uh, story as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, I'm a uh, big fan of Dennis. Uh, Dennis, uh, shout out to him and, and all the guys at Red Sea Radio because uh, you guys really helped us kind of get off the ground. So um, really what happened was, is Dave and I were, we've been best friends since we were five years old. We grew up together. Our families grew up together. Mom and dads are all best friends. We all went to the same parish together, same schools, all these kind of all these kind of things. And we were just hanging out after college one day, and Dave receives an email at 9 p.m. It says, "I have a crazy idea for a radio station, but you have to call me tonight if we're going to pull <laughs> this off." Jeff, that's all the email said. Now, Dave and I just got out of college, and we thought what he wanted was money. And the thing about us at the time being 
you know, call it like right out of college. We didn't have money, you know, like that wasn't one of the things about us, you know? And so Dave was like, I'm not going to call him. And I said, no, 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 just call him, see what he wants. Let's try to figure it out. Well, it turns out that we were like the bottom of the barrel. He's scraping to try to find somebody to start a radio station it, and to incorporate themselves and fill out the paperwork by midnight that night. Mm. So it's 9 p.m. We have to have all the paperwork done by midnight that night. We incorporate ourselves. We are trying to fill out the paperwork. The thing about filling out paperwork with the FCC is like, if you don't fill it out correctly, they just scrap it. Like you don't get another chance. Like it's not like an opportunity like to, to get a redo. And so we're over there, we're trying to figure it out. Like this is legal jargon. We don't really under, uh, even understand what we're filling out, right? It's kind of like a A, B, C, D, A, B, C. You know, you're kind of like back in college whenever you're just kind of randomly guessing, trying to figure out what you know what your answers <laughs> yeah. are. We're just trying to figure it out. We're, we're about to fill, we're about to submit the paperwork. It's 11.45, the website crashes. Mm. It gives us another a day to fill it out. The deadline gets extended another day. We get to the lawyers. Turns out we didn't have it filled out correctly. Shocker. Um, but we got to figure it out and, and, and fill it out correctly. We started, a, uh, we got the opportunity to start the radio station. We raised money. And then all of a sudden we went from a low power frequency station to now uh, we reach over 1.2 million people every day. Amazing. So. What a great story. I love, I love it that you're best friends and the families are best friends. Uh, we'd love to cultivate more of that in our in our societies today and our cultures, and that's a beautiful thing. Well, yeah, okay. it seems like it seems like it's not very common these days, and I don't know if it's because it's like a stability thing. You know, the Benedictines they take a vow of stability, and they're like, "Hey, this is where we are, and we're not moving, and this is where we're going." You know, we're not going anywhere. Well, you know, one thing I can say for myself, and I've seen this with my kids too, is like after high school or college, these really great friends that were very bonded um, are living in different cities now. But it sounds right. like they didn't. Y'all went to the same college and ended up living in the same town. That's not as common. Like my best friends, I moved away and they moved away. Um, I've seen that a lot. Would yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so, interesting, you know. I, I yeah. it's it, it's hard to keep a, a you know a relationship going when. It's so you guys are so far away. Still doable, but right, just right. tough to do. Right. Well, I want you to tell me the story about how you met Dennis and the order. Is it at the ordination of um, our favorite son, Bishop Condorla? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had just started, uh, you know, the Catholic radio station not too long before this, and we're like, oh, we're getting a new bishop. This is going to be awesome. Uh, we should we should air it on live on air. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. So we called Dennis or Dennis calls us maybe. And, and he's like, we're going to, we can do it. We got the equipment. We got all the equipment to do it. And I was like, good. Cause we don't know what we're doing. And so he comes up and you're like, we're going to give a play by play of the ordination. And little did I know, I thought like in my mind, I thought this is, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be easy. And then as it was going, I realized how hard it was because there's, as you know, there's so many like quiet points in the mass, you know, there's a lot of like things that are like, so how do I tell it? It's like, and now, they're processing down the aisle. You know, you're like, you're like a golf announcer almost, you know, yes. trying to figure out like what's happening and, and, and giving a play by play while still being reverent. And, um, anyway, it, it was just, it was very comical. I did not, I did not imagine it being so funny, but, uh, but it was a great time. We did it with Thaddeus and, and, and uh, Dennis and it was, it was a lot of fun. That's amazing. So, okay, so here we are. We've already started um, the Catholic Man Show. You guys, did you jump right into that right away? Did you start out with something else? How did that happen? No, I mean, it was basically, we had started the radio station and 
um, a couple of years in, we were like, you know what, we should start a, we, we stream a lot of EWTN content and, you know, mainly EWTN content. Um, but we wanted to have local programming as well. Cause that's how you, you, you get local exactly. people to tune in, right? You got to have local programming. And so Dave and I are like, well, we own it. We can, we can just start our own show, you know, and, uh, we don't have to ask for permission. We can just do it. Mm-hmm. So at the time we had started some, some men's groups and the men's groups were ordered towards like coming together, enjoying a glass of scotch, enjoying a cigar and talking about Jesus, talking about our, talking about our faith. And it was really doing well. Uh, we were like, the groups were getting so big that we were having to splinter them off. And like, we started, like we were starting all these different men's groups. Were they like and home like, well, groups kind of thing? Yeah. They were just at home. They were like, it was very simple, right? It's just like guys coming together and saying, Hey, we're going to have, you know, either, either a beer or a whiskey, uh, and we're just going to sit here and talk about our Catholic faith, talk about different virtues, talk about fatherhood, talk about, you know, just whatever's on our mind. And it, and it really resonated with men. And I think for several reasons, right. I think a lot of men are lonely. Uh, a lot of men don't understand what it, what it means to have like authentic, uh, friendship rooted in Jesus Christ. Um, they don't have the opportunity to, to really have meaningful conversations anymore. You know, like you you have a lot of surface level conversations, but you don't have something that's really meaningful that, that like hits you at the heart. Um, and so when we started doing it, it was just doing very well. Like it, it was just growing, growing, growing. And so I was like, what if we just modeled that idea into a radio show? And so originally the, the Catholic Mantra was really originally supposed to be just a local Catholic radio program. And at the time there wasn't a whole lot of podcasts out there. Now there's tons of great content, right? Um, so we threw it up as a podcast as well. And now I think we're, you know, we're syndicated on 23 or 24 different Catholic radio stations. Oh, and, amen. Uh, we That's do, awesome. We do, yeah. Podcasts. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That sounds really wonderful. And okay. So, the topics, one of my favorites of your topics when you came and spoke a couple of years ago um, were about the practicality at home, like you were saying, the book kind of sprung from that, but it's the fatherhood, the prayer life, family. So, but the virtues is really where you started like um, really crack, you know, touching my heart and cracking open just a new way of looking at things. So, so you've been doing the podcast for a while and is it that point that... Living Beyond Sunday, the book came, was born from a lot of those conversations? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, when we went and started talking at different um, conferences, different, you know, different places, it just seemed like men were trying to figure out like, okay, I, I, like they, they'd buy in, right? They were like, okay, I want to live my Catholic faith. Like, I believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. I believe in the Eucharist. I believe the tenets of our faith. I just don't know how to do that in the home. Like, I don't know how to pass that on to my children. I just don't know, like, now that I've committed, what do I do? And so one of the things that we wanted to do was like, well, let's just give some easy practical tips on how to live our faith in the home. Um, And we obviously wanted, uh, you know, a feminine perspective from that as well. So um, our wives are actually the ones who really have all of our best ideas. Uh, we joke that everything good that comes from our show is really like them either pushing us or like asking us questions or, um, just living. They're both, both our wives are, uh, very strong, holy Catholic women that, um, you know, is the heart of the home. And so, um, we want to have them, uh, participate in this book to kind of give both sides. And, uh, that's, that's kind of how it started. Okay. Well, now you've kind of teased us a little bit. Can you get, I don't want to give away the content of the book entirely, but, um, you said easy steps. So I'd love to give our easy, our listeners a really practical, 
easy step that they could take home um, today. Sure. So let's talk about maybe prayer, because I think that's that's kind of something that, you know, has to be at the root of in the family. Right. Is that the the family has to pray together. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that, that can be a little intimidating. Sometimes that can be a little awkward, especially for a, a man who maybe doesn't have his own prayer life or maybe just starting his prayer life. He doesn't know exactly what to do. He feels a little discomfort there. And like, I know I'm supposed to be the leader, but maybe I'm not articulating this well, or I, I don't know how, how to really pray very well. And kids are really good at knowing whether or not, you know, I'm faking it or if, if this is genuine. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, kind of a, a anxiety maybe in, in the home of if you're starting to try to be a leader and in, 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 spiritual leader in the, in the home, but it, really it's, it's not, it's not as difficult as what, is what we, what, what you think mentally. Right. And the awkwardness, uh, a lot of times is just interiorly, it, it doesn't come off near as awkward as what you think it does. Right. So a lot of things, it's just like, how do you live? How do you pray? How do you love? Will you do it? You start. Even you if it. it's messy. Even if it's messy. Right. And so obviously the one, the easy ones are, are at, at dinner time. Um, the easy ones are also, so let me give you an example. Like as we go, as we get into the car, um, to go to Holy Mass on Sundays, right? If any any family out there is listening right now, they know that Lionel Richie's song "Easy Like Sunday Morning" was not written about Catholic families because <laughs> you know, like uh, the, the t- yeah. you know the, the the almost the toughest time uh, for a Catholic family is like Sunday mornings as you're trying to get ready, you're trying to make sure do you have your shoes on? Why is your hair already messed up? We just fixed your hair. Where's your belt? You know, all these different things. Like, why do you have food okay, on your I, face and in your hair? Yeah, why do you, exactly. It's like, how did this happen? I was away for three seconds. You know, um, you, you know, there's all this chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really hard to go from this chaotic mode, mode of get in the van, we're running late, you know, hurry up to, uh, the time of like the pinnacle moment in the week, Right. This is the, 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 the foundation of the faith um, that, you know, what is Christian culture? It's essentially the mass. This is what Christian culture really is. Um, and so how do we, how do we like prepare ourselves for mass? Well, on the way to mass, every one of our family members, we, we offer, we, we'd say out loud, dad is offering up mass for the intention of um, whatever it would be like. So dad would, dad's offering up the, the intention for his business meeting on next Wednesday through St. Joseph. Mom will say, mom gives her intention. The other kids give their intentions. And so what does it do? But it gives them the opportunity to really reflect on something that they can pray for and offer up to our Lord in the mass. Mm. But then also you have a, a great insight in what the what's going on in your children's head, maybe what they're struggling with and what you can actually pray for them specifically, right? So if if Luke, my son, is really struggling with being kind or patient, uh, and that's what he wants to pray for, well, me as a father, I, I have this now insight to my son of who he, he realizes that this is a kind of a weakness of his. And as a father, I can pray for my son to develop this virtue, to grow in this virtue, which I think is really important, right? So there's so many different things to do. Another thing, a great example is in the morning time, uh, true or false, our Lord is outside of space and time. True. Absolutely. So like he doesn't need, like we don't have to actually be in the chapel to genuflect towards the tabernacle, Mm. right? So when we wake up in the morning, you can actually tell your kids, you know, hey, in the morning, the first thing we do is we genuflect towards the tabernacle. Now the tabernacle may be, you know, whichever way it is in the home, but you can like just reverence the Eucharist, even though you're, you know, not not physically there, but the Lord doesn't need you to be physically there to reverence him. That's right. He's outside of this, 
right? Mm-hmm. So these are like just like really little things that we can Beautiful. do. Like as you pass the cemetery, you pray for the poor souls in in, uh, in in purgatory that may be in that cemetery. You hear an ambulance. You pray, offer up for the first responders or the people who are they're going to visit. Um, you know, there's just like things that I think that we should do that we do ordinarily all the time during the day. Mm-hmm. And we should just incorporate prayer into those. That's the easiest, most organic way to 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 grow in our prayer life is to yeah. just do what we're doing every day, but incorporate prayer into it. Right. I, I can remember when my children were young and we still had the Planned Parenthood here and, and Brian, we'd say Hail Mary every every time we every time we passed it. And that really made an impression on them now that they're adults too. Mm-hmm. That, and now that it's gone, praise be Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Pam, what does this do? But you're actually developing the prayer life for your children, right? Prayer is a habit. And so if you're continually going back to this and getting them in the habit of praying, mm-hmm. it reflect it, it, it has a huge impact even later in, in life, right? You know, like, you're, you, like you just said, it has a big impact in your kids. Why? Because you were developing that habit when they were little and you said, this is important to us as a family, mm-hmm. and then they can reflect on that and say like, oh, well, that may be something that should be important to me and my family now. Okay. Some of the most difficult ones, like evening prayer wasn't so hard. Like if I would pray individually with my kids, I know some people do it is in a community, like the whole family, maybe it's the rosary sometimes, which I know is really messy with little kids. Um, (laughs) But that I really think there's something really beautiful about the family sitting around and doing a communal prayer at the end of the day, um, Mm. especially you know, when they're really small, there's, you know, not a whole lot that you can do, but do you have some suggestions for that or? Oh that man, you're teeing me up. This is like, I'm getting all excited because this, this is the <laughs> topics that I love to talk about. Okay. So, so two things, this, that, you know, yeah. So two, two things that come to mind. Um, uh, if you're trying to pray the rosary with the family and, and their young kids, you know, those big ro- wall rosaries, those uh, rosaries that you see that are really massive that are hung up on the wall. So take that yes. down. And whoever is leading the decade of the rosary, they get to hold the big rosary. Mm. Now, this really has an impact on the young kids, right? Because it gives them like a sense of, okay, now I'm the leader. Now I'm the one. And like, I get to have the big rosary. It's just a small thing. It's really interesting how if you incorporate tangible things, the smells and the bells, so to speak, if you have fire, especially like with little boys, like you incorporate fire, like candles or incense or something small like that. And you give them, everybody has a a duty, right? So uh, Luke, you're in charge of lighting the candle. Jude, you're in charge of blowing the candle out. Uh, You're in charge of going to get the rosaries for everybody. Like you give them all duties and then they get to be a part of it. And they feel like, okay, this isn't just a dad thing. This isn't just a mom thing. This is a family thing. So there's one thing. I love, I love that, Wonderful. you know, I, I love being able to incorporate all these different things. This, the, the, the beauty of it is that the church has given this to us so that we can succeed, so that we can grow in, in holiness and virtue. And so we should utilize these, these sacramentals. Um, another thing that we, we did was, this has kind of fallen out of uh, favor or, or, you know, out of practice, but, you know, everybody prays before meals, but we used to also pray after meals. Yes. Like that was something that we concluded mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with, um, you know, from your meal and everybody was excused after prayer. Well, one thing I did was uh, I realized as the father, like, you know, the catechism says that the the parents are the primary educators of the family. Right. And so I was like, well, how do I continue educating my children? Well, they're there at the table. I have them captivated. Um, they can't go anywhere. We're all eating. So this is an opportunity for me. Right. And so I, I got really crazy 
Pam, I put like, and I got, uh, my, my wife approved beforehand. I didn't, I didn't go crazy before asking her, but I, I put dry erase, um, boards, uh, in my kitchen, my kitchen walls. And as they're sitting there eating, I'm either teaching them something from the Baltimore catechism, which is super easy to do because you don't have to like know anything. It's already in question answer format. And it's, it's a beautiful way to teach your kids the faith. So we have a knowledge board, which is a, which is a dry erase board. Then we have a prayer board, which is another dry erase board. Now the prayer board has all of our names all in spots for intentions and spots for them to, to uh, ask for different saints for their intercession. So at the end of prayer, uh, at the end of our meal, everybody stands up, pushes in our chair. Everybody says one intention through one saint. And then, and we go through it all. And what does this do? But it teaches them again, to think about the things in which they want to pray for the different saints, the beauty of, of asking for the intercession of the saints and then also they eat at that table more than once a day. And so as they come and sit down for breakfast the next morning, they see, oh yeah, dad is praying for uh, this business meeting. I should pray for him. Or, oh yeah, mom is really wanting us to do well in growing in patience. I'm going to really work on that today. Mm. So it's just another reminder, but it, it concludes the meal um, for us as a family to, to, to pray together and, and to know what everybody's praying for and give them a, gives us an opportunity to teach them about the saints. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming you're homeschooling your children. So we just, this year we've been, we've been homeschooling up until this year. So, mm-hmm. um, there's a, uh, a, a classical school here in Tulsa, the Holy family classical school, uh, that is just doing phenomenal work. And, uh, they just switched over to the classical m- uh, model about two years ago. And it's just growing like crazy. Um, and, and really it's, it's a, actually, it seems to be mainly homeschooling families that realize that this is a really good opportunity for them. So they just now started going to, to school this year, but that doesn't stop us. You know, even if you have kids that go to school, that doesn't stop you. You're still the primary educator of your, your children, right? And so Absolutely. Um, we still have to take that role seriously as husbands, fathers, um, wives, and, and mothers. That's that's wonderful. I, I'm really enjoying getting to talk to you. So now my thoughts are going towards like the different types of apostolates that have sprung from your ministry of this um, podcast slash radio show that is a Catholic man show. And mm-hmm. I want to hear more how that kind of developed. You know, like I, I, you spoke a little bit about the camp out. So there's the camp out. And of course, do you still have the men's groups that you were doing, like the little home groups as well? So let's, let's talk about more some of these fruits that have born from the show. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we still do the men's groups. We have uh, several. Now, we, Dave and I can't go to all of them anymore because the, there's just so many different ones that have kind of grown nice. You know, so we, we want to make sure that they're they're grown, they're mature, and then we let them go and, and take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Dave and I are still a part of at least uh, three groups um, that meet. One meets weekly, and then the other two meet monthly. So that that's plenty for us um, to be able to to handle. But yeah, we have the camp out now. This this is very interesting because I think men really want to be able to have tangible like experiences. You know, we live in this techne world where a lot of men, including myself, uh, sit in front of a computer almost all day and they end their day and they're like, I can't really put a finger on like what exactly I did today. 
you know, like I did a lot of great things, but if you said like, Hey, can you show me, can you hand me the thing that you did today? It's like, I can't do that. Right. It's not, it's not tangible. Um, I say this because when we started the camp out, we thought it was just going to be something that was going to be small, a couple guys getting together, praying, uh, feasting, uh, and, and like hanging out together. This is the seventh year that we're doing it. And uh, last year there was 65 guys, 13 different states represented. A guy flew in all the way from uh, Alaska to come to this thing. We host it at Clear Creek Abbey, which is a Benedictine monastery. They have like 1,200 acres or I, I, you know what? I don't know exactly. They have a lot of acreage and they allow us to camp on their land. And so we camp out there. Um, we host cigar rolling classes, forging classes, you know, um, ax throwing, uh, whiskey tasting, you know, all these different things, but it's just like, uh, you know, we, we have a campfire at night. We have Irish music, uh, at, you know, at night that's you know, played with guitars and, and fiddles and everything else. And it's like, it's just real. It's, it, it, it's realism at its max. Right. Mm. And so I think this is what really uh, is attractive to a lot of men is that like we have the opportunity to go and pray the liturgy of the hours with the monks. And then we get a chance to come out here and, uh, you know, learn how to forge. And then we get a chance to go out and like, you know, play cornhole together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just a lot of fun. Um, yeah. and we, we cook all the meals, um, for them and we provide the beer for them as well. Um, and so it's just grown so much. It, yeah. It's, it's, uh, the last weekend is so it's September 28th, 29th, 30th and October 1st. Wow. Uh, there's still actually like two or three spots left. So if you want to go to the Catholic you can, you can sign up, but, um, it's, 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 uh, it's just a great time because men, it's, it's authentic friendship. Yeah. It's learning to, you know, enjoy the finer things in life, but to, in moderation, um, it's the opportunity to grow in, in your spiritual life with prayer and mass every day. Amazing. Um, it's just love. Like, I love it. Yeah. And so we, I, I'm, I'm kind of stuck on the food. You said you feed everybody. Do you, I'm, yeah. I, I'm imagining cooking outdoors. Is that yeah, the so case or do you use the, the Abbey's kitchen or something like that? No, we don't use their, their kitchen. No, no, no. Um, yeah. So this has grown over the first time we were like, oh yeah, we can do it. And then we realized how hard it was. Right. Cause like if you're feeding 65 guys, that's, that's a, lot a lot of food. Yeah. So we've kind of grown it over the years. And this is, since this is our seventh year, we're kind of going all out. So like on Fridays, cause there's no, you know, no meat on Fridays is, is that we have a huge fish fry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every, like we have huge, massive pots of oil with fish and so and hush puppies and things like that so it's a fish fry on friday night and then we have big smokers that we smoke pork uh, and have barbecue on, on saturday um and then so we try to do as much meal prepping ahead of time but um uh yeah we have it it, it, te- it seems to work out what we do is we ask every man to, to sign up for one prep meal and one cleanup meal and so like this is a community thing like we're all going to be do this together and so every man uh, signs up for, for prepping and every man signs up for uh, cleaning up and lo- a lot of hands make light work. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite, that's <laughs> one of my favorites, which is, you know, a long time ago, why uh, it was so fruitful to have so many children too. Well, many hands. That's right. Like, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it should be today too, to put them back yeah. to work. Okay. Off air, we were talking about something I really want to kind of get into because I guess we only have about 15, little less than 15 minutes left in the show. But, um, Again, I was really attracted to your talk uh, at the benefit a couple of years ago because you really said the cornerstone of growing in holiness was living a life of virtue. And I that's one of my my little wheelhouses too. I'm really there with you. And 
I have focused obviously a lot on the female side, the feminine side and, mm-hmm. and, and know like a, a lot of what I, and I can say those too, but I really want to get into more of these virtues that use this masculine side, because again, I'm just reiterating what you said. There's just not a lot out there. I think is because mm-hmm. men are primarily, um, since they are these leaders, but they're also a little reserved. That vulnerability is, you know, kind of juxtaposition, juxtap- say the word for me, Caleb, juxtaposition, juxtaposition, yeah. right? Yeah. About, you know, you're these strong masculine men, but then you're vulnerable at the same time, which is a true leader. Um, so I really like to, to, to kind of pick your brain and, and l- let you give me kind of a, some really feedback on these masculine hearts and the type of virtues. Maybe it's, the, you know, I always say there we have these, what we call uh, thermometers in a way that indicate we need to work on a virtue. Um, for instance, maybe impatience or anger and things like mm-hmm. that. But um, I really would love to hear your perspective from the masculine heart and the fatherhood heart about what does growth and virtue look like to you? Sure. So uh, what instantly comes to mind are the, are the four cardinal virtues, right? Prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance, in which you can teach your kids this way. Uh, this by uh, peanut butter, jelly, French toast. Pr- prudence, <laughs> justice, fortitude, temperance. This is so I always, this is just my dad and me always trying to figure out ways in which I can teach my kids uh, easy ways to remember uh, things. But so they, they say that, uh, you know, prudence is the mother of all virtues because that is what flows and, and you're able to um, decipher what is good and um, how mm-hmm. to act based on prudence. So that's the, that's the main thing. But I, I think though, in today's world, a lot of men struggle obviously with, with temperance and fortitude. Mm. I think those are the two that are the ones that are um, against us in, in today's world, right? Because uh, temperance is being able to, if you can't deny yourself, um, how are you supposed to be able to protect your, your wife or your children, right? If you can't say no to yourself, you can't say no to any kind of temptation, so I think temp, like, you know, temperance is something that is, is different uh, or dif- difficult uh, in today's world uh, because uh, they're always pushing either completely uh, excess or completely nothing. Right, right. Right. They say like sex, 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 all, you know, go all out on sex or like, don't eat this, don't eat that, you know, don't mm-hmm. eat, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's just like a complete void and absence or complete excess. Yeah. And temperance is saying like, no, there's a finer things in life and we, you use it in moderation. Right. Yeah. The, the um, temperance at first, when you were speaking came to mind was the use of social media. I mean, I don't know how you regulate mm-hmm. your kids with that, but I know just as an adult, all of us need more of a temperance than that, like to almost it's non-existence. <laughs> um, wishing I could figure out a way to, to, to really be still in the world, but not of it th- mm-hmm. when it comes to technology. So what do you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And this is something that I, I didn't realize how addicted I was to my cell phone until I, I went on Exodus 90. Mm-hmm. I did Exodus 90 mm-hmm. uh, for the first time about three years ago. Uh, and I highly recommend all men uh, do Exodus 90. If you have not done it before, they start in January, like the, the, the big push is the uh, beginning of January. So it's the, the beginning of the year. Um, but Exodus 90 is, is, is huge. And it, it really shows you like the things in which you don't think are an issue or things that you you don't think you have an attachment to they uncover that and right, they say right. oh no so, no you so do so give just a little bit more background about Exodus 90s for our listeners that may not know what it is sure so go to exodus90.com first and foremost that'll give you an opportunity to to kind of learn more about it but it's really based on three pillars it's uh, prayer asceticism and fraternity 
which is this is what you know every man should should be focused on right prayer your relationship with god in, in his church asceticism being able to deny yourself so that way you can give yourself more to others and that we need each other in order to do these things mm-hmm. that christ sent us sent out two by two he didn't send them out individually because uh, we're made for communion we're made to 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 grow together and so if we're not growing together, if we're not pursuing holiness together, it's going to be very, very difficult. Um, and so the, those three pillars are what Exodus 90 really encapsulates and shows like, hey, we're, we're men in this world, but not of this world. We're called to, 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 to friendship. We're called to fellowship, but we're also called uh, to our end, which is namely being with God forever and eternity. Mm-hmm. And so... That's the Exodus 90 part. And you mm-hmm. did say that you discovered a lot about your use of technology. How are you different today because yeah. of it? Well, I'm very, much more intentional. I think being um, just a, like, you know, as you're tr- trying to strive for virtue, if, as you're trying to strive, you know, to live a, a Catholic life, m- most of it, like almost all of it, it just is being intentional, mm-hmm. right? Like, what am I doing throughout the day? I don't go to my garage and pick up a hammer and then go look around for things to hit with that hammer, right? Like right. if I have a nail that is in, you know, that I'm trying to hang up a picture in my home, then I will go out, grab my hammer and use the hammer to nail in to hang up my picture. Well, the same thing is, is true for social media, right? I think that if you're using social media in a way in which you're intentional and saying like, I know I'm going to do this to maybe spread the gospel or to show, you know, my the pictures of my family to other family members who are not living close. Like those are, these are good things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just on social media to be on social media, to waste time on social media, that's not a good use of your time. That's not a good use of social media. And so uh, being intentional about it will really help regulate, um, you know, how often you use it. Yeah. I heard a really great phrase from the guys over at uh, Mark Barnes and the guys over at New Polity saying that uh, the use of social media can both simultaneously relieve anxiety when you're in awkward situations and then produce anxiety. So it has that both. And uh, I thought that was very insightful. But it does. Right, yeah. I mean, like after two minutes, I mean, I've got the anxiety going on. I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, right. And, 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 you know, the social media platforms, they know this, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's made to to get you in the habit of doing this. Like they're, they're trying to make it addictive so that way you come back oh, and come back and come back. The dopamine hits. Right. Exactly. So, and and so way, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no go ahead. Please. Uh, I was just saying this, uh, this kind of just dovetails in what we were talking about being temperate, right? Like mm-hmm. this is the importance mm-hmm. of being able to say no to certain things. And so I, I'm not going to look at my phone right now. I'm going to just look at Pam as we sit here and talk and have a, a real conversation mm-hmm. and not like even when it gets uncomfortable or, or awkward, I'm not going to go to my phone. I'm going to like just be in his presence. This is what the saints were so good at, right? When you talk, talk to people who knew John Paul II or Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. what do they say? They say like, when they talked to me, I felt like I was the only person in this world that he was talking yes, to. Yes. And it's because like they were so engaged and intentional and in seeing that person for who they truly were, namely it, it made in the image and likeness of God. So they're giving you the opportunity to see God in a new way through this person, um, you know, and, and they're just intentional about it. And so uh, we have to be able to be temperate with the, with the different things in our lives and say no to certain things so we can say yes to greater goods. That's, that's right. So what do you do for entertainment? What's the family well, entertainment I, look like? You know, I yeah, think we have so, to rethink all of that as well. 
Yeah, no, no, I think I think that's good. So, uh, yeah, so technology can play a role, right? You can have a family a movie night. That's great. But that doesn't mean that we're every night we're going to sit in front of the TV and sit there and and try to mind mindlessly look for something to watch, right? Um, in our book, we actually talk about the importance of setting up your home and being intentional about how you set up your home and what it really says. So, like, if everything is pointed towards the TV, yes, what is that really saying about the living mm, room, right? Um, and so, you know, family entertainment does look a little different, but it, it makes it a lot more fun because you're act more active, you're more engaged in each other's lives and you're not stuck behind a screen. Yeah. Family game night. That's, that's one of my favorites. Mm. Yep. Now adult children come in. They love it. It's the first thing they go to. It's like, let's play a game. <laughs> yeah. 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 But those are memories that you're creating, right? Yeah, These are things sure. that you talk, you talk about forever and it's, it's building up the friend, you know, the family or building up a friendship. So mm -hmm. they're very, very important. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I want to just kind of circle back a little bit to how people can find the Catholic man show. Um, it would be like, like if you wanted to stream it here in Texas, mm -hmm. how would we stream mm -hmm. it? Well, you can listen on Red Sea Catholic Radio at 11 a.m. Ah, on Thursdays. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I highly recommend doing that first. Mm -hmm. um, if, you're, if you're in uh, at work or something like that and you can't, uh, you can podcast us if you just look up the Catholic Man Show. Mm -hmm. uh, every episode, we, we start out with a drink. Um, we just start out opening and talking about either a whiskey or a beer of some sort. And okay. we don't do this. You have a favorite whiskey? Yeah, I mean, what's your favorite whiskey? I mean, we don't do this just for drinking for its sake, right? Like, we don't do it just to, like, say, oh, this is what we like to do. But we, we actually do this also to show that you can have a drink and be moderate and have a good conversation, right? Mm -hmm. you know, like, the, that um, drinking is involved that, that can f facilitate good conversations, but it's not there to, to, be, to abuse. Mm -hmm. So, and then we just talk about either fatherhood or what's going on in our lives and virtue and... Catholicism and all things, you know, that, that, that are going on. So, um, so do you yeah, do CatholicMancho.com. CatholicMancho.com and the camp out. Um, yep. Well, you can find out more about that at the, at yep. the camp it, too. I think if you Google Catholic Mancho camp out, it's the first thing that hits. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if someone is just like just being first introduced to this kind of this new way of thinking um, outside of the box about the Catholic family and everything like that, and the prayer life. I love that we said, you know, just start, start. It can be messy. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love the suggestions you made about the rosary in the home. I thought that was mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, perhaps there's a gentleman listening now, a dad who really wants to be a better leader of his home, but yet maybe he has a, a you know, the wife is so good at it that he kind of falls mm -hmm. back on that. What would you say to someone like that? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's uh, common. Very, yeah, very, very, very common, right? And so I think the first thing you have to do is you have to have your own prayer life. You can't give what you don't have. So if you don't have your own personal prayer life, if you're not offering up time every single day and, and praying for your wife and your children every single day, it's going to be very hard to to really have a, a prayer life with the family. So start mm -hmm. there and then start praying with your wife every night. Yes. Um, just make it a thing. Before we get into bed, we're going to pray together. Mm -hmm. um, and then that just naturally as you develop this habit, it naturally becomes more comfortable. It's just the same way with lifting weights or anything else, right? The first couple of times it's tough. It hurts. It's hard. It's not easy. Yes. But the eighth time that you do it, the 10th time that you do it, Oh, this is coming more natural. This is a little bit easier now. Right. Um, it's the same way with prayer life. So just, you know, you got to suck it up. You got to, you got to have a little bit of fortitude 
and just say like, nope, this is the way God wants it to be. I'm the leader of this family, a spiritual leader of the family. Mm-hmm. And in communion with my wife, we're going to lead our, 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 killed, our children to heaven and hopefully populate heaven with all of our children. That's right. Yeah, that reminds me uh, so sweetly that my daughter using a, a really great analogy about the need of practice with her, her four-year-old who, well, you remember when you started riding your bike and it was tough mm-hmm. and it was hard and you fell and you scraped your knee, um, but you kept mm-hmm. at it and you kept getting back up and riding that bike. And look at today, you're really good at the bike, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, right. well, that's the way it is with virtue. That's the way it is with learning and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Yeah. And, uh, and we're made for the difficult, right? We're made to do the hard things. Like, you know, this is why I think a lot of other people are, are really, you know, doing well, like Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan or whoever these other men are, because they're calling men to greatness. Like, and we're mm. made, you know, uh, to do the difficult. Um, and we want to carry somebody, we want to carry a cross. It's just, whose cross are you going to carry? Like, right. we're supposed to carry our own. We're supposed to have one for our family. Like, whose cross are you carrying? Um, and so that, that's just something that you have to really think about. I think, and, and reflect on is, is whose cross am I carrying? That's so true. Um, I heard a really wise saying the other day that this is a good way to kind of wrap up the show. It's like, you got to choose your hard, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's hard if your kids drift away from the faith to watch mm-hmm. them be away. So choose mm-hmm. the heart of the dailiness, the repetition and prayer. Is there anything else you'd add to that? Yeah. I, I would say like persistence and con- being constant, like how's your prayer life? If you think about it, and reflect on how my prayer, how is my prayer life? It should be constant. Awesome. Like, because there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. There's going to be times that you're going to feel like that, oh, God is just really speaking to me. And then there's going to be times where you're going to be like, is he even here? Um, but it needs to be remaining constant. And so uh, that that would be my suggestion. That's, that's awesome. It's been such a pleasure having you today. Adam and Minahan from The Catholic Man Show. Uh, hopefully our paths will cross again in the near future. You've been a super fun guest. And I just encourage all of our listeners to tune in to the show. And thank you for listening. Until next time, go and love your neighbor.